2: It is indeed the Bob for 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. AM 1420, The Answer. It's a Monday, the 24th Monday. Or, excuse me, 24th morning, rather, of our, the 6th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks again for joining us. Vice President Mike Pence is calling out the do-nothing, Democrat-run Congress for the conditions at our border.
3: And what is the White House going to do, since, as you say, Congress is doing nothing? What are you going to do?
4: Margaret is... It's totally unacceptable, but the American people deserve to know that our dedicated Customs and Border Patrol agents are literally being overwhelmed by hundreds of thousands of people coming across our border to take advantage of loopholes mm-hmm. in our laws. So what but are you going to do
3: about it at the executive level? If you well, say Congress is not, well, let me what be are clear. you going to
4: when, do? When the president declared a national emergency earlier this year, we were asking Congress in January to give us more bed space. Democrats in Congress refused. Congress continues, although Speaker Pelosi has indicated a willingness to look at at a bill that would provide more humanitarian assistance over the next two weeks. We're going to look to get those resources as well as close the loopholes. But look, we've asked for more bed space. We've asked for more support. Our Customs and Border Patrol agents are doing
2: a job. But the system is overwhelmed. There's no question about it. The system is overwhelmed. And what what you get from liberal Uh, Talking heads like Margaret Brennan on, on Face the Nation there is, what are you going to do at the executive level? Wait a minute, I thought you liberals were against the president using executive authority. He's got to go through Congress. Why aren't you asking Congress what they are doing to actually fund the problem? and build that extra bed space and more. Joining us now to break this down and analyze the uh, ongoing problems regarding not only the border, but also the president's plans to implement a massive ICE uh, deportation raid starting in two weeks. R.J. Hammond joins us. R.J. is the um, uh, Director of Government Affairs for FAIR, which is the Federation for American Immigration Reform. R.J., good to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you?
5: Good. Thanks for having me on.
2: All right, RJ. Uh, listen, uh, th- th- this is uh, it's it's astounding to me to listen to the Democrats say, "Why aren't you doing something about this, President Trump? Why aren't you doing something about this, Vice President Pence?" Uh, AOC is screaming that there are concentration camp conditions at the border and blaming Donald Trump and the Trump administration for it, when it is she and her body, which of course is the legislature, that can fund uh, you know better conditions and better housing opportunities for the overrun or for the, um, uh, our system that is so overrun by hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants.
5: Yeah, now if one thing's clear right now, Mexico has done more to address our border crisis than Congress has because of Democrats. I mean, Trump made a deal with them down there, and they're actually down there stopping a flow of people trying to come up here to our border when Democrats refuse to close the loopholes that cause people to come up here. But look where we are now. President Trump gave Democrats, obviously, two weeks to work on an immigration deal to stop the flow of migrants at the southern border. Again, but Nancy Pelosi has refused to do anything that would close these asylum loopholes. All they want to do is make it easier to process people and make the experience more pleasant. I mean, listen, you know, if if the whole this whole thing was because President Trump was going to have ICE deport about two thousand people yesterday, but he called it off, and those two thousand people, those were people with final orders of removal, which right. means they had due process. They either got their, you know, their asylum claim denied or something like that. But if Democrats think illegal aliens with final orders of removal can't be deported, then who can be? How can the White House even negotiate them? You know, I think, I think Democrats want to ensure that this crisis lingers for political reasons. You have more voters for them down the line and something Trump's base could view as a total failure in 2020. So they just want to keep the loopholes that are driving the crisis. They want to continue catch and release. And worst of all, they want an amnesty as part of any immigration bill. So that's what we got to be on the lookout for over the next couple of weeks if Trump is insisting on a deal.
2: Well, and and that's very frustrating to me because everything you just said is right. Everybody knows what they're going to want. They're going to want amnesty. They're going to want amnesty in exchange for any sort of of comp or any any sort of um, uh, assistance uh, uh, that that our uh, border patrol needs in order to to deal with this problem. And the president isn't going to want to give it, and Republicans well, that- in Congress are not going to want to give it. So essentially, it's going to be two weeks wasted. I believe. I don't, I don't know why the president doesn't give the order right now and start the deportations.
5: Yeah, well, first and foremost, you know, an amnesty in exchange for watered-down asylum provisions or even that couple-billion-dollar humanitarian Mm -hmm. supplemental they may consider this week, that would be the worst immigration deal of all time. And we are always worried on this front as well because there are plenty of big pro-business Republicans that are out there that would love an amnesty in exchange for some light enforcement-related things. But again, this isn't even a two-week thing. This is a one-week, practic- one-week thing. Congress is in recess for the ju- for the Fourth of July, the following week. So basically, and they're about to leave on Thursday. So essentially, we have about four days this week to get uh, uh, two parties that haven't agreed on the immigration issue for years. To come together in four days to, to, to decide on something, I don't think anything's going to happen. But I think if one thing President Trump's exposing here is if he ends up having the ramp-up deportations after these couple weeks, he's showing that Democrats oppose any type of deportation. You're sending a message to Central America. What they're doing right now is... If people that if people that filed an asylum claim and then they lost can't get deported, you're telling people in Central America, hey, come on up. Even if you're not eligible for asylum, even if it, you'll get your claim rejected, you still get to say, if anything, Democrats are increasing business for traffickers, cartels, and human smugglers that are harming people on their trip up here and creating an all-out crisis on our border. And it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. The president has done all he can via executive authority, it feels like, Congress needs to act, and they're just refusing to.
2: They are exactly what they're doing. RJ Hammond is our guest. He's the director of government relations for Fair, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Um, is essentially what they are saying is we really, truly do want open borders. If they, he, if they are going to complain about him deporting people whose final orders have been given, due process, et cetera, et cetera, and they're they're saying open up the, the the detention centers. I mean, that's what that's what AOC and the rest of them are calling for. If these are quote unquote akin to constant Concentration camps, they're essentially saying we can't hold them in those because they're not good enough, so we don't hold them at all. They're certainly not going to say turn them around and march them to the other side of the border. They want those thousands and thousands and thousands released into uh, it's not even catch and release anymore, RJ. It's just release. Let them come in, let them go where they want to be.
5: Yeah, it's absolutely released. And I mean, the Democrats might not say out there for political reasons, hey, I'm for open borders because we know that polls terribly. But I mean, they use the words comprehensive immigration reform, which may sound like it's something smart needs to be done. But all it is is, hey, let's ensure we legalize and give an amnesty to over 10 million people that are here illegally and even give future uh, amnesty to people who aren't even here yet in exchange for watered down enforcement provisions. When they're touting that that's the solution, I mean, Nancy Pelosi. But they're not even,
2: but but, but RJ, if I may, they don't even want watered down enforcement provisions. Listening to them and those defending AOC, they don't want any enforcement provisions. They're complaining that we're detaining people after we catch them or as it is now, after they turn themselves in because they know the laws. They're complaining that we're detaining them at all because of the quote unquote conditions of the detention center. So they don't want any enforcement provisions at all. They want amnesty and no watered down enforcement provisions they want essentially just let people come
5: yeah no and it's a good point when you bring about the conditions down there why are the conditions bad The conditions are bad because we have policies that encourage people, like a magnet, to come up from Central America and overwhelm the facilities that we currently have. Listen, it's not about how you handle people that get here already. And listen, we support, and I think the White House supports as well, making conditions good for people that come here. But we can't just address how we process people and make their experience pleasant. We have to address the actual flow. What is causing these people to come up here from Central America? and make that treacherous journey through Mexico and come across our border. You know, Nancy Pelosi's saying things like families belong together. You have people that are here illegally that send money back home to Central America to put their child with a human smuggler for some two, $3,000. They come up, and these kids are exposed to violence. They're recruited to be parts of gangs like MS-13. Some of them are even sexually assaulted. It's a terrible journey that they make up here, and Democrats are encouraging People here illegally to invite them up there. They're encouraging people who are down in Central America, even with their kid, to send their kid up already, so they can then follow them. It, it just, it's just—it's a crisis. We know how to address. You close the loopholes in our asylum laws that encourage this. You make sure that people's asylum claims can be quickly adjudicated, and if they don't really deserve it, like many of them don't, because they're all economic migrants, they can be promptly deported. But Democrats don't want that. This is just a political maneuver on their front to be anti-Trump and ensure that he loses in 2020 because he let his base down on the immigration issue.
2: So, R.J. Hammond affair. What do we do? Uh, because I, I hate to just throw my hands up in the air and say I give up, but that's that's the point I'm at right now. When you say accurately that. The solution is to close those loopholes, and we know that the Democrats will not vote to do that. They won't even allow that to come to a vote. They refuse, as we've seen for the last six months that they've been in power. If they're refusing yeah. to do the one thing that would actually help solve this crisis and close or, 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 or demagnetize the border, as you put it, with the, the magnet to come up here, if they're not going to do it, what is our solution? What is a realistic solution? What can we do? What can the president do if the Congress is going to absolutely wash their hands of this?
5: No, I mean, it's absolutely in 2020. Make sure you have your eye on the immigration issue for any candidate you're voting for. Hey, and that, that, isn't even, that isn't even just at the federal level. It's at the state and municipal levels as well. Officials in some cities where yesterday's raids were planned protested and vowed no, non-cooperation. You had the Chicago mayor ordered police to cut federal agents' access to gang databases. And then Houston Police Chief Art Acevedo said on ABC that rounding up migrants stokes fear and panic in the community. Listen, the things that drive immigration crisis and prevent us from enforcing our laws. Again, it's not just Congress messing up. It's people at the state and local level as well. So, again, keep your eye on the immigration issue, no matter who you're voting for. See where they stand. See what they say. Because, again, we need to act big time. And I encourage everybody out there, if, if the border numbers drop right, uh, in the next month or so, don't be fooled. They drop every time in the summer because of the heat. We saw, obviously, in, uh, in last month, the numbers were up to almost 150,000. It was an increase of 32% from the year before, and we're still on track for about a million people in the current fiscal year. But if the numbers drop... The, the crisis is not stopping. They will spike back up again in the fall when the weather cools.
2: And, and you know what's really weird about that, RJ, is the fact that the president is saying that, well, Mexico is doing what we asked them to do because I threatened tariffs on them. And if these numbers start to go down because of the heat, the president's going to say, see, Mexico's doing their job, when the bottom line is that's not the case. That is not well, what we right. want.
5: Well, Mexico, I will say that that's a, that's a good point. That's why we have to you know be apprehensive and we have to examine what's going on, really. But I will say Mexico <laughs> is doing a little bit better of a job than I think any of us expected. I mean it was that is true. pulled when they pulled border enforcement down in mexico in the past couple days a lot of mexican citizens are supporting border enforcement for other purposes than just helping the united states and and making sure that tariffs um... aren't placed upon uh, uh, their economic activity but again mexico's doing what they can but again they trump gave them forty five days to see how they do we just gotta make sure that after that forty five days we're still keeping an eye on them and making sure yeah. they're stopping things down at their border and then, and then one last thing is He's also working with Guatemala on an agreement as well. And Guatemala, again, is right below Mexico. That would give us a buffer of two countries that are helping prevent the flow of people coming up. If he was to make a deal with them, that would be huge, obviously, because Congress refuses to act.
2: R.J. Haman, the Director of Government Relations for Fair, Federation for American Immigration Reform. R.J., thank you for coming on and providing some context and clarity. This is an extraordinarily important thing we need all Americans to be aware of, and we need all Americans to be contacting the members of Congress about so that we can actually get something done. Thanks so much Absolutely. for, for Thanks, us. Absolutely. Thanks, You got it. it. Thanks for shining the light. Appreciate that. R.J. Haman on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1023. We're late for our break. Let's take it now. Right back after this on the Bob France Authority. All right, 1027 now. The Bob Branch Authority continues. Short segment here, so I want to use this and make good use of this by reminding you that we are up against the gun here. Um, We've got a week left in the month of June. In fact, just six days because there are only 30 days in the month of June. We've got less than a week to reach our goal and uh, helping to fund Alliance Defending Freedom. I don't know how many ways I can ask this. We need 13 more people to donate $100 to Alliance Defending Freedom to reach this goal. It is imperative that we reach this goal by the end of June to help Alliance Defending Freedom because there are more and more and more of us whose freedoms are in jeopardy. More of us are facing political uh, agendas that are putting our freedoms as business owners, as employees, as students, all of it in jeopardy. I can't tell you how many different examples there are. I I can continue to tell, tell you about some of them. For example, Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys filing a federal lawsuit against the University of Louisville, Kentucky. Officials there, on behalf of a professor, the university demoted, harassed, and effectively fired. Why? Because he expressed conservative views on a panel at the Heritage Foundation. They're firing him without cause. Guess who's got his back? ADF. Alliance Defending Freedom representing him free of charge. But it isn't free to take these these cases to trial. That's why we have to help them. Just like we need to help the Lyceum. Because the city of South Euclid passed an ordinance that has forced the Lyceum, a Catholic classical school, to hire teachers or enroll students who disagree with their mission and their teaching. Catholic doctrine. The ordinance threatens the school with criminal penalties fines and jail for selecting uh, faculty and students who share their religious convictions. Guess who's got their back? Alliance Defending Freedom is representing the Lyceum free of charge. But it isn't free to take that case to trial either. How about Dr. Nicholas Merriweather, a philosophy professor at Shawnee State, also here in Ohio, treating all of his students with respect? One day a male student demanded to be referred to as a woman. With female pronouns, Dr. Merriweather offered to use the student's name instead. But the student and the university did not accept that solution. You can't call him by his name. How dare you call him by what he wants to be called? Female pronouns. The university is threatening Dr. Merriweather with further corrective uh, actions, including suspensions and or firing, if he does not comply with the student's wishes. That is a violation of free speech, because forced speech... Compelled speech is the same thing as the denial of speech if it isn't given freely. Who is going to step up? ADF is stepping up. On behalf of all of those individuals and more, when they come for you, will they have the resources to fight for you? So this is what we need. I need three more people today. I need three people each day for the next four days to, uh, to close this gap. We are 13 $100 donations behind, and we need you to step up right now. Will you please call the phone number? I tell you about it all the time. It's 800-691-8969. 800-691-8969 to donate $100. And if you have the means to donate 200 or 300 and really help the cause, please do so. It's tax-deductible, 800-691-8969, or online at whkradio.com. Click the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at the top of the page. It'll take you right to the Freedom fund donation page. Please help ADF because they are here to help us. Back after this. Yeah, I really wasn't kidding. Um, In all seriousness, I don't trust uh, the president's plan here. I just don't. He says, uh, yeah, we're going to start these deportations. Then he says, okay, we'll start them in two weeks. We don't have the manpower for that. We don't have the manpower to round up, you know, millions of illegal aliens in this country. And that's what he's talking about. Can we get 2,000 of them that already have the adjudicated uh, deportation orders? Perhaps, maybe. But beyond that, no. It's, it's, uh, this is campaign season. This is campaign season. I don't believe it. I don't trust it. I want to believe it. I want to trust it, but I don't because we've heard it all before, and the Democrats are not going to do anything except sit on their hands for these two weeks, as uh, R.J. Hammond just said. They're going to sit on their hands, and they're going to say, okay, let's negotiate. Let's negotiate some sort of comprehensive immigration reform, and it's going to start with amnesty, legalization for everybody that's here now. Then we'll crack down on the border as we see cracking down, and that, of course, means nothing. No wall, no fence, no changed uh, uh, asylum laws. Uh, it's it's a joke. It's a joke, and the and the punchline is on all of us. It's just something that just cannot be allowed. But uh, that's where we are. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Also, equally joke worthy, is Bernie Sanders and his call for um, student loan debt forgiveness. Student loan debt forgiveness for everybody because well tuitions should be free. There should be tuition free colleges and universities and public schools in this country. That's what he sh- he says uh, should happen. And of course, what the question is is who's going to pay for all of the services, the professors, the facilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you are tax dollars going up for that. Tax dollars going up for Medicare for all. Tax dollars going up for 11 million illegal aliens getting health care for all, under Bernie Sanders. This guy continues to spew forth some of the most unbelievable, impossible-to-believe-and-understand promises, and he's getting away with it. Nobody's calling him out on it. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's not the only Democratic socialist in the field. Understand what I have said to you before, and I will keep pounding until November of 2020. this, This election, no matter which Democrat comes out of the cesspool, uh, to challenge President Trump, this election is going to be about much more than Trump v. Democrat. It's going to be about capitalism versus socialism. Honestly, if you saw Bernie's appearance on Face the Nation yesterday, uh, it, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. This is wild. It is. You know, President Trump called um, <clears throat> bombing Iran after the uh, uh, takedown of the uh, of the drone. He said it would be a disproportionate response. Honestly. Um, that's what Bernie Sanders is. His entire platform and that of other democratic socialists who use the term and some who don't, also in that field, that's what their whole, their whole lives are, political lives are, disproportionate responses. Somebody doesn't have health care. So the disproportionate response, wipe out the health care system. Wipe out health insurance, private, and make it all public, Medicare for all. Let the government run the whole thing. Somebody has student loan debt and had to default on it. The, the, the disproportionate solution, wipe out all student loan debt. And this is what, who's going to pay for all of those things? You are. And, and as I just had a Twitter user remind me or a follower remind me, um, you have a generation here. Madeline Marshall says you, we have a generation signing up to pay 78% income tax. Free everything for everyone with open borders. Their new math. Who in the right mind would believe they won't have to pay for it? And paying for the next guy as well. Truly sad what these kids believe. And it's not just kids. It's grown men and women as well. But you are absolutely right. They're ready to pay for all of that. They're ready to turn over control of their lives. Their health, their housing, their food to the government. I'm tired of calling Bernie Sanders a Democratic Socialist, quite frankly, because what we are hearing from him and them is full-on communist economic principles and governmental control. B.J. is in North Olmstead. B.J., you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience. Good, sir. Go ahead.
6: Thank you, Bob. Uh, the Democrats got together uh, last week, and they were all interviewed. But one of the things I noticed, no matter the race, no matter the ethnicity, no matter what the sexual orientation, there's a large percentage of our American population that has accepted immorality and socialism to the nth degree. And it's a serious situation. I brought this up several times on your program. Mm-hmm. And what you were talking about, and I notice even in your voice, it, it's almost like the state of confusion. When does this insanity end with the public? It is not going to end with the American public. There's a sickness that's going on in our country. And all of those Democratic politicians, if you review what they talked about, was the acceptance of abortion. Uh, to me, that's a tragedy. Also, when you mentioned uh, Bernie Sanders, the uh, uh, taking care of everybody, through what means, it, it, there's not even any practicality anymore in the conversation. And I do hope that there is a coalition between the American public when it comes to the next election. And uh, keep doing up, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, and thanks for the time. Well, thank you, make like your comments.
2: Thank you, BJ. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we're we're all seeing the same thing here. We really are, Um, and, and and it's just. It It is mind-boggling to me that there is even a consideration of anybody on that Democratic side, given all of the things that we're talking about, that Bernie, or that Bernie, uh, that uh, BJ just talked about, that anybody would give any serious thought to supporting that. I mean, I, look, we, we can have our petty differences. Right, we can have our petty differences on petty things, and we can have our um, right side of the spectrum, your left side of the political spectrum, and and you know we can debate this, that, and the other thing. And some things we'll get our way on, some things we'll get there. This isn't that anymore. This is the tipping point. This is the ultimate pendulum swing. This is the one where it swings so far, it doesn't come back. it 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 falls off the table. The entire pendulum falls off the table. That's what this is. This is a swing toward flat-out, governmental-controlled, tyrannical communism controlling all aspects of our lives. And they're announcing it. And they're going around and doing interviews with with young people, millennials and Gen Zers, and saying, what do you think? Socialism or capitalism? They're like, I like socialism. They're going to give me my college for free? Woo! Woo! They're gonna give me health care for free. Woo! Well, you know, you're gonna to have to pay taxes. Yeah, but I don't see that money anyway. It's not like I'm writing a check for it. So it's free. Woo! They like this. This is this is a game changer. I'm look. This is the game ender. Not just a game changer. This is the end of the game. If they are to continue to win Senate or excuse me, House seats, and if they happen to win the White House, Don't think Bernie is the only one pushing for this. Listen to them all. Elizabeth Warren wants, not only does she agree with Bernie on student loan forgiveness, and by the way, if I may, when do I get my check? I actually texted, or not texted, uh, uh, tweeted at Bernie Sanders today, and I asked a very fair question. I think, anyway, I think it was a very fair question, and that is, when can I expect my check? Bernie, when can I expect my student loan reparations check? Because I worked my arse off to pay back my student loans. But now that student loan debt is being forgiven for everyone, then you're going to send me that check, right? I'll wait for it. I'll DM you my the amount uh, that I paid and what my address is. Uh, and, as a matter of fact we 're going to compound interest that over the course of the last thirty years because I would have had that money uh had I not paid it back and since we 're doing student loan debt forgiveness i 'll be taking mine too bernie uh so make sure you make sure you get that for everybody but but aside uh, aside from that quite literally uh Elizabeth Warren is saying we want to do that, and we want to give not only black reparations for slavery but also gay reparations because because gay people didn't have it fair. They didn't have a fair shake for a long time before the Supreme Court invented marriage in the Constitution, which, of course, it never existed in before, but thanks to Judge Roberts, uh, it did. Um, but um, So Elizabeth Warren says, you know, gay people... Could have gotten married a long time ago if we hadn't been so in the dark ages. And then they could have filed jointly. And since they couldn't, they had to file separately, individually. It cost them money. We owe them money. We owe them $50 billion. Wait, what? Or $50 million? Beg your pardon. $50 million we owe gay people. Gay reparations. There is not a special interest group. I said this before, and I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. Not gays. Not... Trans people, not blacks, not Latinos, not Asians, there is not one minority group or spe- specifically protected class in the United States that they will not appeal to to say, I'll give you something free because you are a victim. All victims groups are going to get free stuff from me, and that's what sets me apart from my Democratic cesspool um, uh, fellow Democratic cesspool candidate members. Okay, all of these Democratic candidates for president in the cesspool are pointing to some victims group and saying, I'm looking out for you. When is the last time you heard one of these Democrats, Sanders, Biden, Warren, Buttigieg, when is the last time you heard any one of them make a campaign promise or a call for something for white people who are straight and who are Christian? And moreover, who are male. Never. Because why? Those people, people like me, maybe people like you, can't be victims. You can't be a victim because you've got it all going on. You've got all the privilege in the world. You've got the right skin color. you got the right chromosomes. Uh, and you identify with those chromosomes. And, and you're, you're the, the majority religion, you can't be victimized. So we don't have to do squat for you. We're just going to take from you and give to the victim groups. What they do instead is they look for victim groups. If you're gay, you're victimized, and I'm going to give something to you. All you got to do is vote for me. If you're black, you're a victim group. You have had not had a fair shake in this life. I don't care where you grew up. If you're black, it's not as good as being white. You don't have the privilege white people have. So I'm going to do something for you that nobody else will. If you're trans, hey, sorry about your luck. That's really unfortunate that you don't recognize what your body says you are, and because of that, you're a victim. And if you're a victim, I'm going to do something for you that nobody else will. If you are a woman, just if you're a woman, it's not fair that men have it better than you. I'm going to do something for you that, that nobody will do for anyone else. I mean, they're looking for victim groups to score victim points, otherwise known as woke points. I'm woke to your pain. I'm woke to your struggle. I'm woke to your problems. And I will offer you the solutions. And it will be somebody else who pays for it. More specifically, you're going to like this, though some of the somebody will be the people that are victimizing you. If you're black, white people are going to pay for it. If you're you're gay, straight people are going to pay for it. (laughs) If you're a female, men are going to pay for it. This will make everybody happier. This is all they're promising. And I want people to be aware of it and understand that the moment they are to win the election, if that happens, all of those promises will go right out the bleeping window. Remember Barack Obama's promises to black America about how much he's going to change things for them? And they believed it, too, because he's the first black president. African-Americans suffered more under Barack Obama's actual presidency than they ever have under any other. More black people were on food stamps. More black people lost their jobs. More black people in the United States when Barack Obama was president um, uh, um, had their wages lowered. Their salaries went down. More of them were on Section Section 8. And that was Obama's example of helping. I'm going to give you those food stamps. I'm going to give you those uh, 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 special housing subsidies. I'm going to give you all of these things that you don't have. That's not making their lives better. It's making their lives worse. But the promises were there, and he got the votes. Meanwhile, here's Donald Trump. Not just promising black Americans, delivering. Black American unemployment at an all-time low. Wages at an all-time high. Food stamps. Uh, uh, reduced dramatically because people are working for themselves now the president realizes black Americans can do any doggone thing that white Americans can do and he's given them that chance and they're succeeding at it promises aren't needed when you actually have plans and policies to deliver I don't want to go too far off on that tangent I'll come right back to a couple more phone calls 1050 AM 1420 the answer back after this
0: now heard through downtown through greater cleveland on 102.5 fm it's the bob france authority 10:53.
2: let me get a call in from Gina, who is in Hudson, who wants to talk about Medicare for All on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Gina, go right ahead.
3: Hi, Bob, good morning. Yes, I'd really like to see Bernie and all of the Democrats who are pushing this Medicare for All, which is really, in essence, Medicaid for All. Um, I'd like them to show the examples of how many countries all over the world who have that universal health care, what kind of health care they're actually getting. I speak from example. Uh, We have quite a bit of family back in Italy. Uh, one of our good family members was dying, found a lump in her breast. It took her six months to get in to see a doctor. It took her another four months after they determined she already had cancer to actually start the treatment. I'd like them to just pull half of the women in the United States who have ever had breast cancer and ask them, how would you like to wait almost eight months, maybe more, to, to get breast surgery? to get treatment. I will guarantee you that'll go over like a lead stinker. Even to, so even to, get,
2: to... Even to get routine mammograms. Even to, to get routine right. examinations. Uh, the the weight. I mean, that's why so many people in the Canadian universal health care system come down here to the United States and pay privately for services they can't get up there.
3: That's right. That's right. And the, the Republicans need to seize upon that with a great ad campaign. Just take uh, Norway or Sweden that they're always touting and just ask them. Every one of those countries to have a little scenario, I waited this long, I waited that long, I wa- I didn't make it, my mother died. I will guarantee you that will make a serious impression on this ridiculous scheme.
2: I completely concur, Gene. I'm so glad to hear you call and say it. Thank you so much. Great con- uh, contribution to that converse- uh, conversation. Thank you so much. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. I want to remind you, though, on the way out the door, I need you one eight hundred six nine one. 691 8969, I need you to call Alliance Defending Freedom and be our next one hundred dollar donor. We have six days left. We need thirteen donors. I don't want to limit that to two a day. That'll bring us up short. Let's say three a day. We need three a day. I need three people to pick up the phone and donate a hundred dollars. It's just that simple. And if you are a person of means and you can do all three at once and donate three hundred dollars, by all means, God bless you and thank you for your tax-deductible donations. To charity, Alliance Defending Freedom continues to defend your liberty, my liberty, and so many others. How many times do you have to hear the stories of people like Baron L. Stutzman? How many times do you have to hear the people about, uh, about people like Jack Phillips? How many times do you have to hear about the Lyceum and over and over and over again? They are working so very hard are the uh, people at Alliance Defending Freedom free of charge to represent those who have been, um, subjected to unnecessary and illegal circumstances and um, uh, orders to run their businesses a certain way and so on and so forth by political agendas, somebody has to stand up for them. And that's what ADF does. And we are making it our mission. We have to meet this goal. We need 13 more people. I'll say three today. Be one of the three today. Please, step up and call uh, 800-800. 6918969 at some point today or just go to our webpage if you have got a browser in front of you right now just tap in whkradio.com whkradio.com Alliance defending freedom banner there is at the top of the page and um uh you can uh, it'll take you right to the uh, freedom fund page and you can donate $100 to help defend freedom and liberty especially religious liberty I've given you many many examples and I'll continue to give you more if I have to ADF attorneys filing a lawsuit Last summer, on behalf of a small church, Redeemer Fellowship Church, after the town council there changed its civic center rules to ban worship services. Oral arguments were heard last November. They're awaiting a ruling right now, and guess who's waiting? The attorneys from Alliance Defending Freedom, this legal ministry that is doing work on behalf of people whose religious rights have been violated time and time again. We need to be there to help them, just as they are there to help so many of us. So please donate. Uh, I cannot underscore the importance of this more. 800-691-8969. Um, and it is tax-deductible, go to that phone number or go to the website, which is whkradio.com, with Alliance Defending Freedom banner at the top of the page. Click it, click your donation amount, and just understand how important it is and how much we appreciate that and how much we thank you for your contributions. All right, um, a lot of ground uh, that we did not cover today. We'll talk about tomorrow. Adam Silver and the National Basketball Association. No, we're not talking about scores, champions, or free agency, but we're talking about NBA team owners are no longer allowed to be called NBA team owners because... Some of the African-American players feel like that's a reference to slavery. Yes, the word owner is now banned in the NBA. Believe me, I'll have thoughts on that on tomorrow's program. And if you want, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler. I've already made comments on that story on the social media pages. So if you can't wait 22 hours from now to talk to me then about these issues, uh, get on uh, board and follow me at France Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, if you don't have that one downloaded yet, France Radio, and I'll tell you my thoughts on that even before we get back on the air tomorrow. So a lot more coming up. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher is coming up next. Gallagher, Prager, Gorka, Seculo, Elder, stay right here on AM 1420, the answer for the best in conservative news talk and analysis without the buffoon where you find in other Cleveland stations. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Have a great day.
0: Enjoy the silence.